Thank you, Lord, for your people assembled here to hear your word. Let this word change us, Lord. Let it do a work in us that will uh, bring forth um, righteousness, bring forth power, bring forth wisdom, encouragement. Let this word make a difference as it's received by your Holy Spirit and through your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Amen, amen, amen. 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 Praise God. Uh, you know, I was thinking, I thought we would talk today about not to let this slip. Don't let this slip. There are certain things that we are admonished in the word. Not to let them slip. Okay. So uh, I'm doing my my job because we were uh, given a prophecy this year. And the, the contingency was... That we would have to stay close to God this year. We would have to really trust him. And uh, well, you know uh, I don't know about you. But when my husband would say come here and be close. I said oh goody 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 goody. You know something that you know. Because usually you just uh, hand me the remote. Give me give, give me some water. So you know there was there was a time then to draw nigh. You know not all the time. But you know there was <laughs> time to draw near. <laughs> you know, and uh, and so it was a good thing when you were invited to share intimacy with somebody that you love. You know, it's just a special thing. And I think about it in terms of the word that we've been given by the Lord this year uh, to draw near to him uh, in intimacy and draw near to him and hold on to his hand and, and trust him and just let him be God to you. You know, let him be God and, uh, you know, quit trying to do everything ourselves and being so busy with everything that we think we're busy with. And so it's a good thing to understand that, that he wants us to stay close to him. But for a reason, and I think it's so that we can stay in focus of, of what's important in life. What God has for us. And so that we don't let slip certain things that have been given to us. So in Hebrews 2, uh, chapter um, uh, Hebrews chapter 2, starting in the first verse. I was reading from the um, uh, King James and I was thinking, I said, well, Lord, maybe I can get a little bit clearer message. But in the King James it says, uh, verse 1, therefore we ought to give more earnest heed to the things that we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. So the focus then this year would be to give earnest heed. Stay close to God so that you don't let certain things slip. So you know earnest heed to them. And so he says for the word spoken by angels was steadfast. And every transgression of disobedience received a just recompense of reward. How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation. Which at first began to be spoken by the Lord. Which was confirmed to us by them that heard him. God also bearing them witness both with signs wonders diverse miracles etc so I'm going to read another translation a little more modern translation and I thought it was kind of interesting how this one put it sometimes modern translations are a little more direct and there the impact is different you know uh, King James is kind of like poetic they just wrote differently then a little easy going on you sometimes but in Hebrews uh, the same uh, the message Bible it's crucial that we keep a firm grip on what we've heard it's crucial that we keep a firm grip on what we have heard so that we don't drift off you lose your mooring you lose your anchor 
And drifting really means that the move is so subtle you don't notice it. It's like uh, um, I was thinking about a person maybe that has a boat tied up at the dock and they go to sleep by the motion of the waves and they don't realize that the boat has come loose from the dock and then they've drifted off. <laughs> they don't realize till the sunburn hits them, you know, that they're out in the middle of the ocean uh, without an oar and without any kind of help and that's what this implies. And he says if the old message or the old covenant message delivered by angels were valid and nobody got away with anything. See that's what I think is important to focus on because when people start drifting away from the Lord they start they have an excuse. They think it's okay. See and it says nobody got away with anything. So really what we're trying to do is get away with disobedience or get away with not doing what God expects from us and we think we have a good reason. And he says he says nobody got away with anything do you think we can risk neglecting this latest message this magnificent salvation Mm -hmm. so if the old covenant brought people into a just recompense or a just judgment and there wasn't as much power there and there were some things missing there there were some things that God wasn't able to put into that covenant because it wasn't time you know we were in a teaching aspect there but in, even in a teaching mode, you know, teachers flunk kids if they don't make the grade. Amen. So first of all, it was delivered in person by the master. This isn't some cheap message or this isn't something you can refute and say, well, that wasn't really an angel that said that. That was, you know, something they made up. This one was delivered in person by Jesus Christ. So it makes it much more important for us to obey this covenant he said first of all was delivered in person by the master then accurately passed on now through the inspiration of the holy spirit to us by those who heard it firsthand from him so this isn't some you know fable or something that was added to every time it was told he says all the while god was validating it with gifts through the holy spirit all sorts of signs, miracles, and wonders as he saw fit. So it's been, you know, it, it's been in person delivered to us by the Lord. It's been validated by signs, wonders, and mighty deeds. And it's been protected in the way it's been passed on from generation to generation. And so we have no excuse to not hold on to what God has, has heard for, uh, has given to us. And so God does not want one thing to slip from what he's given us one thing to uh, go by the wayside or you know this isn't important and little by little we let the enemy chip away at our relationship with God by letting certain things slip you know is well yeah I can't do that you know, and all this kind of stuff and so you have to realize that God wants us to hold on to this great salvation because there's no excuse and then if there was a penalty under the old there certainly is a penalty here it's never expressed and it's never said but you know for yourself that if you don't have as much uh, input from God in your life as you once had then there are certain things that are not going to go well for you and so you don't want to be in that you don't have to be in that category you can be in a category of people who uh, are faithful to the end who, who finish stronger uh, than when they started and so forth and so on and 
so <clears throat> the things that we don't want to let slip. This faith was delivered to the saints through the redemptive work of Jesus on our behalf. So there was a great price paid for this life that we've been given in Christ. And that's one of the reasons you have to give your all for it because his all has been given to deliver it to you. It's just that's just makes sense. You know, you don't you don't think that there's a cheap requirement for something that costs so much for God to think that God had to turn his back on his son because our sin was placed on him. See, he was separated from his father for our on our behalf so that we could receive redemption, we could receive salvation and forgiveness, a good life finally and a life with God. So he separated himself from the Father so that we could draw near to him. You see. So that was the price that was paid there. So we need to understand that there are certain things that we don't want to let slip. And, and one of the things we don't want to let slip is our faith. See? That's that's one of the first things that the enemy will whittle away at. And when I was speaking earlier about uh, not... You know uh, about how we um, handle things and and getting passive on certain things that used to cause us to to jump into action, leap into action. Uh, Part of that is letting your faith slip. Uh, Your confidence in God and your confidence in, in what God's called you to do. The work that you're called to perform on the earth. All of that. So we have to understand that uh, in times where we might go passive, our faith needs to be protected. Now, how? What things do we do to protect our faith? And I think sometimes, if if you um, don't really think these things through, you'll find that it does slip just because you don't realize that that what's happening. See, you, you know, many times we get caught up in the things of this life. The Bible says the cares of this world, deceitfulness of riches, and uh, the temptation, lust of things entering in will divert our attention away from God and away from his word. So the first thing we we have to do to protect our faith is to make sure that we have a continual input of his word because that's where faith comes from. It comes from hearing and your your hearing is ignited by the word of God. Your hearing comes through the word. Everything comes through the word. So there's hearing and there's hearing. So your hearing is ignited through the word of God. And that word comes to you through the preached word. So you know attending church and making sure you're under the word that's preached. It's so much better uh, than trying to glean something off of a tape or off of a um, person on television. Uh, You know some of that stuff on TV shouldn't be on there. You know, they're selling herbs just to stay on television. You know, that's that's why they do that. Those people pay. That's like paid advertising. So you got Christians now endorsing herbs instead of the word of God. You know, and and yeah, there is a lot of witchcraft there. You know that because medicine brings with it that that other kind of supernatural power. You know, so it's just that that way you know you don't know like for instance they these poor people you know you see people try to get off of prescription medicine 
And then when they try to get off, they find that uh, there's a, what they call withdrawal symptoms, which is demonic activity. It's just the devil craving that and threatening to make you sick if you quit taking it and all that kind of thing. Well, where did the devil come in? Did it come in when you stopped or did it come in when you took it? See, that's what people never know. And so it's the same thing with everything that has to do with with that, you know, is uh, you know when when you have this thing with kids with sugar and you know they're gone too much sugar. Well, you know they they kind of get a little hyped up. You think or you watch them when they're with the sugar, but when you take it away, it's worse. So where did the problem come in? You know, so it's it just it's one of those things where if you try to deal with things on the natural level. You'll never get to the root of anything. You'll never be able to solve anything. But if you stay with the word and stay strong in the word. Hearing the word will always protect your faith. And hearing the preached word is excellent and where you're assigned to be. That's what you need to. That's where you need to focus your attention because you may get some things off the television preacher, but if you're not assigned to that person, you're not going to get what God would have for you if you were in your local assembly. You know, so local assembly is more than just for you getting your needs met by the Word. It's also where you work out your. Uh, relationships with God through his people you grow through interactions etc etc it's one of those things where God has caused you to be a part of something you know you're a part of his family in that respect so there's growth that comes that way also there's maturity that comes because you're you're interacting with people in a spiritual way you know not a non-spiritual way and so you're able to come into fellowship so to speak uh, with people and learn how to uh, minister the word to encourage one another to build up one another and, and that kind of stuff and, and uh, how to just and how to receive from people you know there's some people that want to have much to say and don't ever open up to receive from anybody and so you understand how that interaction works God has has uh, devised that to build up the church. I was thinking about the uh, story of Lazarus. God showed me that many years ago, and uh, he was uh, because I had had been housebound for the first five years of my salvation and I was really really wanted to um, be in a church because I wanted to learn things and grow and and uh, you know just be able to be a part of what God was doing in a greater way I just felt a commitment to the Lord uh, and I wanted to to do everything to fulfill that commitment and uh, the Lord began to show me an interaction that would happen uh, when you got around believers and so I was uh, I would make little um, uh, offhand comments sometimes about my marriage and my husband and all that kind of stuff you know women always have husband problems so you know when they're out of the church in the church is always you know that kind of stuff but anyway I the women would tell me oh no you can't say that you just got to love your husband and I was and I asked God what are they talking about I love him who do you think he is Uh, always talking to me about him what's all that about 
And so God did begin to, to reveal to me the purpose of fellowship and relationships with other believers in that setting. You know in a congregational setting because you're under the authority of God and his ministers. And you're in an atmosphere where the Holy Spirit can regulate conversation etc. etc. And so you, you kind of it's kind of like a safe environment for people to share different things and so forth and so on and so he was um, talking to me and he showed me the story about Lazarus and when Jesus called him forth he didn't unwrap the grave clothes the people did he said you unwrap them and the Lord showed me that the purpose of being in a church fellowship or a Christian fellowship is for us to liberate one another from ourselves you understand what you are your biggest trap <laughs> for yourself you know and so you you get interacting with church people you have your ups and your downs and your clashes and this person doesn't like that one for a season and all this kind of stuff and you make mistakes but still you're there to free one another up you know you got me you have that bond with people uh, that that they are your friends they're not your enemies amen you have to always keep that uppermost in your mind because I would I would always talk to people you know people you know complain to me and so and so well you know they don't like me they're not nice they're mean you always get that from people somebody's always mean in the church and I think God has mean people there because he means for you to love people and where's your love uh, your love can take care of they mean you got me why don't you put your love out there your love love never fails so put some love out there for the meaning <laughs> I remember a pastor had a, a testimony about that and there was an older lady that worked in his office and he had some younger people and they kind of formed their own little little group and everything was hunky dory till she came in you know and they didn't like her because she was a sourpuss and she was mean and nobody could get along with her she was prickly and all that kind of stuff and so the pastor was just really kind of he said you know Lord I don't know as you know some of what they say is true and the Lord said he said she is there to set a standard for for them because in all that she was always on time she was always faithful she was the last one to leave she cleaned up after everybody she made sure and I said well she got right to be mean is she doing all of this and people all they do is sit around and joke and talk and you know when she comes around and and they have to get serious then there's always going to be a different standard in the atmosphere folks let me just set you straight on that because God is never going to have all playful people all together all the time he's going to have some more serious people he's going to have some people who will will bring you up to their standard and then if the people are too serious he has the playful people to tone them down a little bit you got me but he is going to work his love into his people no matter what so this is the way it is he puts you all in the sandbox together and he says go at it love one another and I mean that and when when you go off the deep in you forgive one another and so forth and so on so God this isn't a drastic situation the way people see it you know God sees all his kids in the same sandbox okay well he put sin on my eyes and he put it on my hair well put it back on his hair and you know whatever but you know you're all there in the same little sandbox get along love each other 
you know problems arise we all have the solution to that and that is forgiveness amen so that's why forgiveness comes in to settle the score so that we can all come back and have a a new day on everything every single time and you begin to see growth because you begin to see that there are certain people that have your back that you know no matter what trouble you get into they will always pray for you they'll never refuse to pray for you and that's one thing that i've always watched as far as people in this ministry are concerned do they pray for one another do that or do are they laying back on the job and won't do anything to help one another and so you have to keep that standard you know that standard is is work is our standard you know this other stuff is so minor uh, because it's been dealt with at the cross already so work is our standard are you involved in the work are you letting these minor things keep you from doing the work God has called you to and that's what you got to stay focused on and am I faithful to God and so that growth that comes from hearing the word and applying the word you get a chance to apply God's word in these situations you're going to do the word or you're going to not do the word if you see somebody not doing the word do you forgive them and pray for them or do you get an attitude and you know just want people to know you're mad and so that's this is something that we have to overcome folks you you can't let your faith slip on the cheap stuff don't go down cheap you understand what i'm saying just don't do it don't let these minor things cause major upset in your life and so how do you exercise your faith so that one's how do you protect your faith you protect your faith by putting in the word of god and by doing the word being faithful where god has called you do you read the word daily Hmm? You, you know these are the things that protect your faith folks they do how do you exercise your faith so you've got to protect it then you've got to exercise it man this will cause cause this will cause a healthy spiritual relationship between you and the lord are you challenged or fearful when such situations come up do you feel just challenged or are you fearful when situations arise some people just look at situations and turn their backs on them and hope they go away they're in so much fear you got me but situations must be addressed with the word of God that's why you come to church and, and learn the word and keep the word in your heart is so that you can see what comes up in your life as only a challenge and you're not overcome in fear with it or paralyzed and don't know what to do when situations arise are you honest and forthright about them what i generally tell the people people when when i see them trying to hide their problems you know is not honest about it why would you cover for the devil do you know why would you cover for the devil you don't have to make excuses for what he's doing in your life you can expose him i can remember bible studies i was in and and, and people would come in there and just tell everything and you know them people got their prayers answered got their deliverance while the while the embarrassed people were sitting back there the judges sat back there and wouldn't oh i couldn't say that i mean i don't know how she could tell you but anyway you know you could see the looks on people's faces they were just appalled anybody would share anything like that but they got everybody praying for them 
they got everybody you know keeping it before the Lord because there are certain people that are going to be more faithful with their prayers than others are and once trouble comes to their ears man they go for it you know there's there was people in there that um you know they'd come up to you the next week and they'd say well how's it going because the Lord told me he was going to deal with this thing and you knew when they told you that that they were telling the truth and they had gotten an answer from God for you and so these things are very very important for us to realize that we are being challenged by the enemy not to go forward in what God's called us to do the devil has just told us we have to stop and so do you see what goes on in your life as merely a challenge or are you fearful when situations arise now whether you're challenged or whether you're fearful you can still get your victory doesn't make any difference how that that how you reacted to that news but when you hear it you can still get victory because you can go to God and you can put that before him or you can go before the elders of the church that's always your safeguard when things come up you can go to your pastor and 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 just you know let them know at the altar that these things are going on and that you may need some help with this one. This is a big fish I'm trying to reel in. And I might need some help with it. You know. See th- this is all there is to it. There isn't all of this cloak and dagger. Uh, you know. Uh, well I don't want anybody knowing this. Because I mean pretty soon you're going to have a bag full of stuff. You're trying to, to hide. You'd be sitting on top of this bag of problems. And you can't get victory over it. Because you haven't really addressed them in the proper way. And so you you have to understand that in exercising your faith, you have to have uh, you have to be ready to pull the trigger. In other words, you know you got to be locked and loaded and, and ready to pull a trigger when situations come up. And many times I would just you know if if a thought would come to me or a situation would come up, I would just speak the word over it until God gave me something else. You got me? You you just answer the devil. You don't let words get out there and stay and linger and try to haunt you uh, after they're spoken you've got to answer that back and so I I give the devil the word and, and if God had something I say well God you've got to help me to work this through or give me the next step or whatever whatever and I kept pursuing uh, the answer from God that was going to put me on the victory map instead of you know just uh, saying it's it's I'm praying about it or something like that you know you you got to get in there and be willing to do whatever you need to do uh, to show God your faith and show the devil that you're not scared of him you know he's not going to pull it over on you again he's not going to steal anything else you know and so when we get there we 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 can can be fearful and and fear always magnifies things you know there there's some things that go on that just are not the devil you know they're God settling things you, you understand what I'm saying and and so if if we can stay out of fear and quit letting him magnify everything uh, you can get it down to a, a manageable kind of a size you know there's sometimes people get excited about certain things and I, I can see there's some fear there and I said well you know they think they're excited but there's something in there that's kind of generating uh, the wrong thing and then ideas will start to pop up as answers to that situation they're not coming from a spirit of peace 
And so it's good to stay, even if you're in a good mood, to stay peaceful too so you can hear from God. And, uh, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, I, I used to, years ago, if, you know, I would get people, if I would begin to prophesy to them and they want to jump up and scream and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Well, you know, pretty soon you lost the word and all this emotional stuff. And I found that a person's spirit does not have that kind of emotion. You know, your spirit knows how to be attentive and and able to entreat and hear everything that's coming toward it. So, uh, you know, there's there's different ways of reacting to things, and but peace will always uh, help you to hear. It'll help you to get the right word from God. Help you make the right decision at all times. So you got to get that fear uh, root him out of the picture. And the way to root fear out is just to minister to yourself the word of God let the word minister to you and help you and get to understand you know uh, accurately uh, identify your own emotions and your own emotional reactions and things you know if you accurately identify how you're feeling then you can go to God and get the remedy for that so if fear's in the picture you say oh God this is a biggie I'm scared <laughs> what am I do <laughs> I have no might or power to overcome this thing, you know, but I trust in you. I hope in you. And so it's a, and you can you can live peacefully for a while, but always look for God to bring that answer. Uh don't have 15 things that need to be taken care of and nothing's finished. You know, you've got to accomplish these things and finish these things. The other thing is that your faith may need to be increased. In certain situations. So how do you increase your faith? How do you go from being passive and a little discouraged. To somebody who's believing God's going to do it again. And this happens to us sometimes. We start letting things slip. And pretty soon we don't really use our faith to believe God for anything. So you have to learn how to increase your faith. And so the uh, disciples ask God about that they said lord increase our faith and so uh, the way you increase it is to make a request put the word out there and allow that word to be challenged are you willing to let your faith be tested Hmm? to see what kind of faith you have that's the only way you'll know are you willing to come back with 70 percent faith when you need a hundred Amen. Uh-huh. Yeah. And people, you know, people get that way. They don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to antagonize nobody today. Just leave me alone. I've had enough of this faith stuff. I put it out there the last time. My nose got chopped off. I ain't going out there no more. It's cold outside. <laughs> I don't want to go look for nothing. Huh? And so we we have to. Are you willing to let your faith be tested? And I think that's what upsets people because they know they're gonna come back a little short this time too, and a little short. They say, "Ah, forget it. I don't like this faith stuff. I just rather, you know, go in the natural. You know, whatever." So you you have to realize that there is a natural realm that your faith can work in as well, and not the supernatural. 
got me and so if you if you take it down the natural road you're just going to get natural results you won't get the supernatural of God and if you stay on that road you you'll be thinking you're living by faith but you'll you'll be kind of like employing God in emergency situations only you know just when it's real drastic you shoot up a prayer and you're not really walking by faith every day in expectation of God's will to to manifest in your life you're just doing things by the natural so the enemy has all these little snares to get us over into the natural realm so and rob us of the joy of living supernaturally by the word of God you know it's just it's easy to do it you know he sends a you know say for instance if you you might have a source for your uh for your income and you know you prayed God gave you that job you prayed for it everything lined up with what you had been praying you stepped into the job but little by little over a course of months or maybe even years instead of seeing God as your source in that job it slipped over to where that job is your source so it's easy to let that happen easy to let that happen and so and and so what God will do along the way is give us little testers to see if he'll give us power over that job right back again you got me a little tester might be somebody comes up to you and you know they're sick and you could pray for them but the boss is standing right there tester tester who's your source this person's breaking out in a sweat maybe having a heart attack and you know what you can do uh, you know what you can do well brother they're calling 911 but do you mind if I pray for you until he then everybody will say yes huh so is is what's your source huh if you sit there and try to sneak a hand over and you know well maybe I'll hold a hand and I can sneak a prayer in don't you do that you follow the unction of God you follow the unction of God Jesus never sneaked and did anything mm-hmm. you can't sneak in, in the anointing There's no way you can do that you have to obey the unction of God and, and pray for that individual you don't do a, have to do a hoop and a holler and make everybody notice you but you know you can can you know ask God to heal him and thank God for his healing power and for mercy for that brother and whatever they need to hear they need to hear the word too so that their body can their soul can respond to it and they come out of it and so little by little we can look at natural things as our source and you even transfer your your uh, affection over to the people who can uh, who have the power to take that job away from you in the natural Huh? You can start schmoozing the boss and thinking he's all that, and you know, doing little extra things. And then if if it doesn't work out, then you're mad at him and go cuss him out, and your witness is shot. You know, I mean, it can all fall apart real quick if we if we ain't careful. Hmm? And so we these things will slip, you know, if you don't stay attentive to yourself and say, now what am I doing here? I'm I'm here to do my job and that's true but I'm also here as a servant of God and that might pop up and get in the forefront at one point you know you you don't have to be there with your Bible open every day 
uh, to be putting God first in the workplace. In fact, put your Bible away and do your job. You know, be diligent in your job. Be the person that that stands out as the one who does their job with integrity and does it with with uh, uh, sincerity and wants to do a better job. Uh, stay out of people's face chatting. You know, at the job and visiting with people and on their you know somebody else's time that'll get you bounced out quicker than anything and so we have to stay diligent what diligence means it means you're not distracted by some kind of little fringe activity that you want to get involved in and so if we'll do that and, and that makes your witness strong so that people always expect good things out of you they expect uh, proper things out of you and so when you offer to pray for somebody that just goes along with the total package that you presented to them so it doesn't seem out of order and out of character and and bosses know when they want God into the workplace they all want him in there at some point and so they won't say anything to you in person you know now if you tell them to don't call 911 I'm here what you think I'm here for don't go there okay don't tell them to cancel the paramedics don't don't you know want to blow up all of a sudden you know that ain't how you blow up in this world and so you know people just get stupid sometimes this is my hour you know my ministry gonna take off right from here don't take off from nowhere huh you know, we had a little fantasies, a little you know things, fantasies playing in your mind. You know, she this how Benny Hinn got started. You know, whatever, whatever. And so, <laughs> you know, we give goofy ideas like that. But you know, you're a servant. You just want to serve. You want you want somebody's wife not to have to plan a funeral tonight. You got me. You want somebody to die another day, not today. So you're there to stop that. And so if you can understand your role and what you're there for, but you won't let these things slip. You know, if you 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 don't mind your faith being challenged. And that's that's God's job to set up these challenges for your faith. No. It's it's just true, you know. We know that. You don't want to think that, but it is true. Your faith has to be. You have to know what quality it is of, and so that's how it happens when it's challenged. And it's challenged by what you say. You can tell by what you're you're thinking in a situation. If you say this, all hell is going to break loose against me. You just have that feeling in you sometimes. Or if I'd say something to somebody to to point out the obvious that they need to do here, you know the devil's going to be mad. You got me? They'll cuss me out, tell me to go sit down somewhere, or get mad or whatever. But you know those things because truth carries with it an impact that cannot be denied. And so if you're challenged to, to swallow your words or speak them, you've got to learn what you've got to do. You have to speak them. And, and you know the fallout really God will help you take care of so he's not going to put you in a situation where you'll be way in or way over your head he'll put you in a situation that you can handle with his wisdom and so if you're willing to let your faith be tested you can increase your faith and you can protect your faith and you can 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 hold on and not let the things that God has given you slip and and uh, through lack of use of the word so the whole thing is do you trust God that at the end of the testing 
He'll come out with a good report. He'll come out with a uh, increase in your faith, even though you may have had some stress along the way. Your faith will be increased to the place where it can maintain your life and bring you into a higher level of living. That's what you want. You want it to maintain and bring you into more and you don't want anything to slip or be diminished. So your question is natural or supernatural faith. Am I holding on to the things I have in life by natural means or are they being held on to my faith in the word of God? Am I believing God for the things that I have? I know many times God will get you into a situation and then ta-da! super super person takes over once you get inside there you know uh, and, and not in a good way I mean you know the person that you are in the flesh wants to come forth and start taking credit now for something God has done or you people start to flatter you or or give you compliments and that puffs your flesh up and you want to step over into you know into a full blast you know like, you know you, you think that's something you let me wait till you see my tap dancing you know, <laughs> you always got something different to show them. You know, let's just be Christians. Can we do that? Huh? Right. You know what I'm talking about. Get all all jiggy with it in there, and just gotta you know be the life of the party every day at work. You know, come on now. Just be the humble servant. Come in there, do your job. You know, there's always got to be a super little thing. Yeah, yeah. So y'all know what I mean. So you want to live. Um, the thing is, do you live naturally, that is by bread alone, or do you live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God? Like if you if you know you you mastered one scripture can you add one to it you know that kind of thing just keep looking for more to enhance your life in God if you do these things your faith won't slip you know you want to keep your faith at a level where it can cause your life to run well you know what I'm saying little problems but they don't last for very long because you know what to do many problems that we run into in life are more internal than external it's the way we view them is the problem and if you view them with the eye of God he will always come for you and he will always help you so if you see if you see that you're not being challenged alone that you have help that you can call on God and that he is always for you he is never against you God is not sitting there waiting for you to mess up so that he can tell you about it or he can cut you off he's looking to you know I I so I guess so uh, uh, frustrated and discouraged with the teaching on giving in the church I just was so bad you know here we are uh, trying to help people to live a life without condemnation and then you come and curse them and bring all this nonsense up and I'm thinking man you know we can't get ahead for stepping backwards you know and so uh, it's it's 
important for us to live by the word of God and live supernaturally and not live so so close to the the do's and the don'ts aspects of life you know and and uh, you know of course it's better to tithe it's better to give 15 percent you know I passed 10 a long time ago I don't count anymore I just do what I have the ability to do you got me you you, you have to get free from all that legalism and and uh, stuff and 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 people aren't any richer for it you know they were looking for some kind of a cushion against a bad economy and there is none you know there just is none and so you you've got to understand that god wants us to prosper he wants us to live well but but still we've got to to do it in the right fashion the right manner and and just you know let people uh, have the freedom that god has called us to have and live as free people don't ever let anybody take that away from you and living out of that natural realm will cause that that to dry up because your faith is not even active on what you're giving you know and that's the bad part because you see people that could have more but but because they were taught wrong you know they'll they won't get it because they and then you got to go and tell them you, you got to add faith to that you know you've just got to believe god there's no way around it so so keep your faith protected don't let your faith slip don't let it slip always see a challenge in your life for your faith you know my car happened to be my challenge um, because I intend to keep it running supernaturally forever huh that'll be the chariot of God that's gonna take me I'm just gonna drive on up into the clouds and it's still gonna be running put the key in there and it ain't gonna grunt or nothing it's gonna be running <laughs> just because you know because that that is is something that i set my faith on and i refuse to let my faith in it go okay. to let my faith go would mean to pull something else in there get another note get in the flesh about something you know at my age if you haven't had any every kind of car you wanted every kind of steak you wanted every kind of everything you wanted my goodness when you gonna get it huh when you gonna get it <laughs> i tell pastor shirley that all the time i said let's go on ebay and find us something that blings at us <laughs> just put it in the search thing and said bling wink at it it winks back at you let's get us something like that today if we don't get it now when we gonna get it every day we're getting older and don't have it let's go get it now (laughs) so yeah for sure (laughs) i said i wish i learned to live like this years ago you know but hey whatever it's fun now <laughs> so we get something that wink at us back. So yeah, absolutely. So so faith, you got told don't let your faith slip. You gotta have a challenge to it all. Something that you just thank God for every day and expect it to come in. You got me that, that kind of challenge. And small challenge, big challenge, but always have your faith out there for something. Uh for yourself and for other people as well. That's that's a blessing there. Uh because what you produce in another person's life god produces it for you he just does he'll make that happen for you as well so uh it's it's a good thing to remember that 
Okay, so what else don't we want to let slip? Well, you don't want to let your testimony slip. And we don't talk much about testimonies, but, uh, and, and I know some, in some churches they're used more than in others. Uh, but I think it's always good to encourage people through the testimony of Jesus Christ and what he's done. In Acts chapter 14, you see a new testament uh, reference to this even though it was very very common under the old covenant with the people Acts chapter 14 and verse 27 says and when they were come to and had gathered together gathered the church together they rehearsed all that God had done with them and how he had opened the door of faith unto the Gentiles Mm-hmm. and abode there a long time with his disciples so this testimony atmosphere is one that's conducive to number one the growth of the church as in numbers but also the growth of the church as in people their personal growth in in them your testimony really is a a, a monument or in uh, um, I would say a remembrance of what God has done I remember uh, Darlene Bishop we had a a tape of hers this is probably about 15 years old or so now where she said she kept a, a, a basket bread basket on her table in her kitchen and had she would put I think they were probably artificial loaves of bread or something like that in it and she would keep that as a testimony to what God had done in her life and overcome the devil and she gave that testimony about uh, getting sick and she didn't she never went to the doctor for it but she uh, she said she had a um, a wound on her breast and it just kept getting worse and worse it started to bleed and it was just horrible and so she said that she got very depressed about it and she very upset about it and her son came to her and told her well mom you've been telling everybody else this stuff maybe it's your time to see if if God you know you can prove it God in your life and so uh, you know at, at the end of maybe a week or 10 days or so she was totally healed and symptom free and so she said that uh, she said that she talks you know tells the devil well you 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 know I'm going to add another loaf to my basket you know that kind of thing and so that's her way of rehearsing in her ears the things that God's done because when you look at that basket of course you're going to remember that and you're going to remember what God has done for you uh, and how much he has blessed you and so that that was something that was a testimony uh, in an easy way to rehearse in your ears what God's done. I think it's good to uh, different times uh, God will have you reflect on things like that. Like when you look at uh, we have a, a, a one of the albums from uh, ministry albums at my home. And I look through it and I see some of the little faces that were three and four years old when they first came here. And, and those are testimonies to God's faithfulness. You know and, and the parents discipline to keep your kid in church. Always keep your kids in church folks you know. It will never be wrong for you to do that. And so when a parent looks and they see that they're, well, they got out of high school, well, they're in college, well, they're married now, so forth and so on, they can reflect on where where they were when they first came to know the Lord and how much God has strengthened them and helped them over the years. So you got to rehearse your testimony in your ears. It's hearing the good things about God and what he's done for you 
that will encourage you. Of course we know the spirit of prophecy rests on the testimony of Jesus Christ. And if it's done in somebody else's life it can be done in yours and will be done in yours. And so that's always a good thing to rely on. Uh, and God's able then to help people um, who who maybe don't have as much understanding. You know, this the the gospel has always been effective that way. You know, it's been effective for people because if you hear and you mix your faith with it and you believe what you hear, then you can go out and do mighty things. You can conquer whatever the person sitting next to you. You can conquer that's got a doctorate degree yeah got me and so that it cuts that that's the great equalizer is the word of God he says he gives understanding even to the simple is that you don't even have to be a real educated refined person to master this you you can get it if you apply yourself to it so that's the great thing about the gospel you can hear a testimony and you can go out and you can believe it and you can find yourself in the same situation if you hold on and remind God now God you did this for so and so do it for me and you'll find that it happens for you as well so it, it's a great thing that we have in, in the, the way that God manages our lives through the gospel so in Judges chapter 5 don't let your testimony slip you know in other words don't change your confession from edifying to condemning you see because that's one of the ways people let their testimony slip you just get in a bad mood and you start speaking out of your hurt or out of your discontent or something like that and you let your testimony slip that way in uh, Judges 5 11, this is part of Deborah's song <coughs> she's rejoicing uh, in the victory that they've they've uh, had she said in verse 9 my heart is toward the governors of Israel that offered them willing themselves willingly among the people bless ye the Lord speak ye that ride on white asses ye that sit in judgment and walk by the way that they that that are delivered from the noise of the archers in the places of drawing water there shall they rehearse the righteous acts of the Lord even the righteous acts toward the inhabitants of his villages in Israel then shall the people of the Lord go down to the gates and so Deborah was saying you build yourself up first you know while you're in a, in a calm place like drawing water you know doing dishes that was always my you know being in the kitchen that was always my sanctuary and my place of meeting with God you know I know it's old fashioned now you know women don't have kitchens in their house no more I guess I don't know what y'all have but you know (laughs) couldn't even get a little bit of an amen from that but anyway (laughs) that's where I meet God and and that's my sanctuary that's my place of drawing water you know where you do your daily routine in other words while you're doing your daily routine where you have peace a routine that where you have peace and quiet rehearse in your ears the acts of the Lord don't let that time be idle don't let that time be filled with well, I'll be glad when I don't have to cook no more and get these, these uh, outlaws out of my house always begging for food your baby ain't but six months old you got a long time to go yet for that little outlaw gets out 
You know, get him some more little outlaw brothers and sisters. And so just stay in the kitchen, lady, okay? You ain't getting out too soon. Let that be your sanctuary. <laughs> you can turn anything into a sanctuary. Did you know that? The thing that you despise doing can turn out to be the greatest asset in your life if you know how to turn it into a sanctuary. You know how to work it. And so she says, rehearsing your ears. She says, and then you, you know, you'll be able to go down to the gates where you can challenge the enemy. You got me? So start rehearsing in your ears the things. You get bad news? Rehearse in your ears the wonderful things that God's done. The mighty things that you needed. Because when bad news comes upon you, it'll want to engulf your soul. Just take over your life if it can. But if you'll stop it with say, hey, wait a minute. God's been too good to me. I can remember when I barely had an oppor- uh, a mind to even read the Bible or even to read. God kept me focused on his word. Somehow he was able to get my attention so that I wasn't depressed all day long like I used to be. He's done too much for me. So you rehearse those things in your ears. The things that God has done. See we, we let one disappointment try and, and wreck the whole relationship. You know you, you'll never have anything like that. You, you'll never master anything like that. You know I can remember <clears throat> thinking my husband was going to leave me. And, and being fearful of that. And then I wanted him to leave. You know I mean you just it's like that sometimes. But praise God. God got me beyond that place into a better place so that I could know what what it's like to fulfill a commitment in a marriage you got me you can know success that way success is very important folks in case you didn't know that I'm here to tell you it's very important because defeat is very very devastating you know when you don't have an opportunity to know what it's like to be able to fulfill a commitment in a marriage it, it's a good thing and so you can look back and you can see God's faithfulness you know he changed my heart about that old rascal <laughs> the old wascally wabbit <laughs> I'm going to suit that old wascally wabbit pow stand still wabbit huh <laughs> Or you can sing, I didn't know the gun was loaded, you know, so. (laughs) Whatever. But he got me beyond that, okay? I got beyond. Beyond. (laughs) Maybe an inch at a time, but I got beyond. (laughs) But, but, you know, see, those are the times when you need to rehearse in your ears. The things that God, the goodness of God is is in those times. So those memories are held. The Holy Spirit holds those for you. So that at the time you need them, they can come up and begin to minister to you. And you'll sit down sometimes, you know, I never thought about everything. Look at everything God's done. You know, if you really sit one day and start thinking or even write some of them down sometimes, it will amaze you. How much God has blessed your life and the wealth of experience that you've had in God. So never underestimate the power of testimony. I mean it is the power of God. The power of God is there on those words. So uh, Psalm 119. Let me see what I have in that one. I don't want you to lose your testimony. Revelations tells us that's how we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. And and don't love your life 
You know, even if somebody threatens to take it away from you for the gospel. You can't love your life more than you love God. He's He's got your life, really. In uh, Psalm 119 verse 59, he says, I thought on my ways and turned my feet unto my testimonies. In other words, you know, when you consider what you're doing and and then you know to make your decision turn your thoughts onto your testimonies whatever it is that you know about God about the goodness of God walk in those steps again just repeat that you know whatever you did the last time that got you through in a situation repeat that thing if there's something that needs to be added to it God will come and add to it or he'll put life on what you're doing now but think on your testimonies when you have to make a decision for direction or, or something reflect on what God the goodness God's done for you I can remember <clears throat> we would uh, you know in certain atmospheres you know I could tell it was time to move on from a place where people would start coming up to you with negative reports about things and I can remember when it was time for me to leave one ministry that I was in. And I really began to start this ministry. Um, it bothered me that people had such negative testimonies about healing. It just seemed like that's all people would tell. Well, you know, you can you can uh, try and believe God and you can pray. But I remember so-and-so and so-and-so prayed to be healed. And you can tell they weren't praying for healing themselves because there was no faith coming for that. And, you know, well, they didn't get healed and God doesn't heal everybody and all that. And so, you know, I knew it was time to go. You know, it was time to disconnect because it's not feeding you anymore. You know, it's not feeding you the full gospel. And so those testimonies uh, that people have are what the Bible refers to as false. Those aren't true testimonies. Now that may be what happened but that's not a true testimony. A true testimony always glorifies God and it will exalt the word and it will leave the word as the standard by which you measure everything. It will leave that word as the standard. So the testimony of God is true. Hmm? Religion always kills a testimony. Hmm? Unfortunately in most churches people don't take time for that anymore. They don't take time for it anymore. Um, I don't like to abuse it as in. You know, sometimes you know they call for a testimony because they're trying to kill time. You know, I mean, it's time for something else in the service and they just don't want to move on to it or they don't know what else to do. And so, well, let's, we had a word for a few testimonies. You know, it's just a religious thing where people do that out of tradition and do it you know because it fills up time or something like that or they may feel that there's some people that like that and they like to play to the likes of man instead of doing what God would have them to do and so in many many situations religion has killed the testimony of God it's religion that's done it because it's used in a wrong setting a wrong fashion a wrong time it's not the Holy Spirit isn't calling for that right now in the meeting. And then there are times also where where uh, it's it, where you could use the testimony appropriately if the person delivering the testimony isn't clear, isn't 
isn't able to stay with the flow of the spirit you know it'll draw off a little bit so that's why I just think the person that's in charge of the meeting needs to hear the testimony first and then decide that it can be used as an asset to what people are doing Uh, I think a testimony is best when it's it's done in the presence of God you got me uh, because testimonies get stupid if we just run there's something wrong with people who give, won't get up in front of the congregation and say it and then want to go tell everybody about what God's doing for them kind of thing you know it's and that kills a testimony too you know it's something that that's being um, refashioned not to give glory to God but to give glory to that person you got me so and the people can get you can hold an audience captive just talking as a believer you know you can get get some wild stories going on you know I know people who when I when I was young in the ministry it was the deliverance people you know they keep you captive all day long talking about devils and how they manifested and all this kind of stuff and it's oh my goodness and so it's it's good to keep a testimony holy keep it in its proper atmosphere so that it it's not killed you know you don't want to kill a testimony because there is great power there and that's why religion religion always tries to stop the testimony you'll find that where people uh, don't give public testimony about the works of God they don't don't rehearse it in one another's ears anymore the power leaves the churches just go dead and so and then you'll have somebody come into there and they said oh revival broke out well the revival didn't break out people just started sharing what God was doing and it brought life into the place and so these simple things though we you know you have to watch so uh, always rehearse your testimonies you know you have a down day or you have a day where you're not feeling or you feel like problems have mounted up and you've got more problems than you've got confidence in God then start to revisit those things keep some things around that put you in remembrance of the good God does you know I mean really you know we we keep sometimes some things around that that don't bring us up they pull us down and so you got to keep things that that testify to God's faithfulness in in life you know everybody's got life to live we all got problems to resolve and challenges but what's going to get us through is exalting God put him way up there not the difficulties we went through but put him up there as the one who brought us out of the difficulty etc so when we do preach and declare God's goodness to us then he shows up to witness it you ever notice that the power of God will come in when you give your testimony and what what the Holy Spirit is saying he said yeah I did that I did now that's true that's it you ain't never lied sister you told the truth that time whatever you think the Holy Ghost says but he does his presence shows up <laughs> he said I did that yes, I did uh, yeah because he'll validate his own work with his presence so he'll tell you you know if he did it or not so it's good to look for that witness to look for that validation from God he'll let you know that what he's what they're saying is true it's an honor uh, ain't no lie now that's the truth that right there uh, some of that other stuff y'all been saying I'm so sure but that right there that's the truth right there and he'll attest to it and that causes faith to rise in us Amen. just the Holy Spirit's witness will cause faith to rise in us 
That's good. There's some things that that uh, you know you'll witness that that um, I, I noticed when Kelly Cruz was ministering to somebody, um, Pastor Regina. You know, and, and I was at the altar, and um, the, her husband. She said, "Now God's telling me to tell you to do something." Told her husband, and she said, "He wants you to lay lay across her." And so he knelt beside her, and she saw it, and she went away. And she came. She said, "No, I think you need to lay across her." And when she did that, the power of God just swooped under the floor, and and I was standing there, and I backed up a little bit and sat down in the chair. And so the Holy Spirit will validate when you've done the right thing because it was something was in his mind to do, and it was wasn't quite what she said, and she was bold enough to correct it to make sure he did the right thing. And that's when their breakthrough came. And so we have to know that that these things that that cause a witness from God is very important to have his witness and his stamp on what you're doing. You can always be assured because he will testify. You know he uh, he'll testify in those ways. You know that's that's how the Holy Spirit testifies. He's there as a witness, and he watches it, and he oversees it, and he'll let you know if it's right. He'll put his sanction on it if it's right. And so if that's with a uh, a increase in anointing or a sign or witness that way, people can understand that. And so he will always attest to that fact. But you'll know you'll you'll know if it's right. So amen. So. The the other thing we don't want to let slip is our prayer life. In Habakkuk 2 verse 1. Now everybody in this ministry is under this mandate. You know you can't say well God just sent me here to get the word. I'm not here to pray. It's not true. He sent you <laughs> sent you here to pray. Okay. So if you don't know that you know it now. But uh, Habakkuk chapter 2. Now what page is that on? Let me see. Hold on. Hold on. I know where it is. I think I know where it is. Where the prophet says I will stand upon my watch. I will watch and see what the Lord will speak to me. I will stand upon my watch. Set me upon the tower. And I will watch to see what he will say unto me. And what I shall answer when I am reproved. Now we've talked about this for many years. But the positioning is important. Standing upon a tower is a place of vision. It's always a prophet's ministry when you see that. And it's always a place of vantage. You have an advantage over people who are not watchmen. Because you can see things in a a very, very godlike perspective. You have a perspective that they don't have. And and our prayers are are directed at the principalities, powers, and forces, not at people. People get the benefit of our prayers, but they are, are aimed at the right target. Now, you can always speak the word over somebody's life. I mean, I'm not saying you can't bless people that way. But when you are positioned that way and God says I will watch to see what he will say to me. In other words what prayer requests will he make to me and what I shall answer when I am reproved. So that means you are accountable. It's not a voluntary like you're doing God a favor when you pray thing. This is a commitment you undertake and you are held accountable for it. 
See, there are people who aren't called and can pray when they feel like it and, and leave, I guess, a pretty decent life. But you miss a little prayer and you suffer for it because you're reproved when you when you don't answer what God's told you to. So this is a commitment. It's now I don't stress that because people generally obey this, but you need to know. You need to know what you signed up for and and what is there. There are certain levels of prayer that you will get into and certain assignments in prayer that if you're faithful, God cannot give them easily to somebody else. It's like if Benny Hinn just totally decided to tie one on and just go mess up and quit. Who's going to replace him real quick? And what about all those people are waiting for him to come and, and heal sick people? those things and so he has to be held on a short leash I know I would if I put my power on somebody and they decided they want to go flirt with somebody I said no you don't you know and you have to reprove them and let them know that they've made a wrong move get back where you're supposed to be that's all that is when I say a short leash I mean you don't you don't let them run all around the yard and poop everywhere you got me it's this is a well-trained pet so to speak <laughs> not like our dear Coco who's she's a rescue okay we working on it yes working on it she charged out the door after Howard all he was doing was coming to pick me up to bring me down here with my bag in his hand and she, <laughs> you know the more you close the door the closer she gets on it <laughs> <laughs> so what's this harumphing about? But anyway, we love her. I don't know if she's rescued from a crack house. I never did ask Tony all the details, but they act like a, a sniffer dog. You know, like if we get packages from from, you know, like you just get them off the porch and she tears it out of your hands and tears all the stuff. I was like, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, hold it. Used to ripping out packages. You know what's that about? So, but anyway, hallelujah, holla back. But your prayer life, it's it's accountable to God. You just can't decide you don't feel like praying. <laughs> and it's okay. He'll let you know it's not okay. And so you just have to learn to, to undertake and be responsible. I mean, that's not hard. And that's not wrong to be responsible for things. I don't know where people, Christians, get the idea everything's voluntary. You know, like if you feel like it, you do it. Or if you don't feel like it, you don't do it. It's not all voluntary. Your life will go better if you stay with the commitment. It really will. You you have more peace of mind. You have more uh, uh, energy. You have more confidence in God. You know, you don't want to let those things slip. You know, your confidence in God, you don't want it to slip. You want it to stay where it's supposed to be. And so he says, and the Lord answered me and said, write the vision and make it plain upon tables that he may run that reads it. So your prayers then are affecting other people's ability to obey God. See, that's the mandate there and that's the responsibility there. And so that is always upon you. And it's not something that that you can't do. This is something people do all the time. I always uh, embarrass the men with it. And I said, did you know retired housewives prayed eight hours a day? 
you know I mean that kind of thing you can do this you, you can you can do your half hour or whatever it is that we do and then so this is not something that's hard at all so and so but there's great reward for it see you're opened up to the secrets of God you can use this in your personal life so where your personal life doesn't go well you can always draw from your experience and your knowledge as a watchman see see you guys don't spend a lot of time with with Christians that don't have you spend mostly most of your time is spent with one another but you do know other Christians and you know how grueling it is to try to get them just to accept that the word's true now when they come to you and they're sick and you try to tell them we'll stand on the word with you you know how hard that is so you know what's been delivered to you uh, these things are easy for you to believe you see there's an atmosphere that supports your believing the supernatural for miracles and so forth whatever is needed from God you can easily believe that and so we, we need to be mindful that prayer is uh, um, a mandate but it pays great dividends you know you don't go to the doctor every whatever to get this and get that in fact you don't even feel your health is a challenge for you because you feel taken care of by God you know whatever comes up he's going to take care of this and you don't give it a second thought well that's a great privilege when you look at the the Christians that are 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 in treatment and getting this pill and that pill and, and you know thank God they hear about divine health you know they'll start to reach out a little bit at the healing schools and we can you know you see and they're 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 wanting it they want what God has for them and that's a wonderful thing and so your your position as a watchman ensures that they'll be able to do that if you guys weren't faithful we couldn't have the healing schools we couldn't have any of these things that help people to come into a greater knowledge of God so but we've got to protect these things amen and not let them slip so why don't we stop right now father we thank you for your word and for understanding that comes with your word and we bless you father thank you lord for giving us your holy word in jesus name amen praise god if you need